During the 90s, Christopher Duddus Coke became the leader of a Jamaican gang called the Shower Posse that moved large quantities of cocaine, marijuana, and arms into North America, while the Mexican cartels were focusing on moving contraband into the southwestern United States and the Colombian cartels were focused on the southeastern United States, the shower posse went north, pumping drugs and guns primarily into New York and Toronto, although they did dabble in Miami like everybody else. You're going to learn all about the kingpin of Kingston, Christopher Koch, and about the shower posse in today's episode. I'm Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you are watching Lawyer Up. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Jamaica's most notorious gang, the Shower Posse. We're going to talk about the origin of the name and also the origin of the gang itself. We're going to talk, of course, about Christopher Koch. He is the Kingston Kingpin. He was the leader of the Shower Posse in the 90s and the 2000s. And we're going to look at him. We're also going to look at the Tivoli Garden Massacre and the manhunt for Coke. We're going to look at his arrest, his plea, his conviction, and where he is today. If you learned something or you enjoy the episode, hit that like button for me. If you got something to say or you have a question, put it in the comment sections below. If you haven't subscribed, I would ask you to do so. And as always, I love it when you share me on social media. And I would like to take a brief moment and thank you guys. 90 days ago, we had 1.5 thousand subs, and today we've crossed over 10,000 subscribers. And I owe a big thank you to you guys for that. So thank you. And remember, all of our Lawyer Up episodes are available on the major podcast outlets. So the Shower Posse. It is a Jamaican gang that became prominent in the 1980s. They were and still are involved primarily with drug and gun smuggling. They're based out of Tivoli Gardens, which is a poor neighborhood in western Kingston, Jamaica. Now, Shower Posse is a funny name. Posse makes you think of a western, and shower makes me think at least of taking a bath. But this shower posse is not a bunch of cowboys getting into the bathtub and turning on the water overhead. So where does this name come from? Well, to fully understand the origin of the name and of the group itself, we have to go back to Kingston, Jamaica in the 1970s. Now, first off, Kingston is, of course, the capital of Jamaica. It's also the political and the financial center of the country. So in the 1970s, there were two major political parties in Jamaica, the Jamaica Labor Party. And this was the conservative group. If you're from the United States, think Republican. That's the JLP. And then they had the People's National Party. This was the liberal or the socialist party. If you're from America, think Democrats. Now, their ideals are not exact, but that'll help you keep them straight in your head. And that was the PNP, right? So the People's National Party, they had a political slogan of power, as in power to the people. Not to be outdone, the JLP developed its own rhyming slogan of shower, as in to shower people with goodness, politically. 
So we have the power slogan on one side and we have the shower slogan on the other side. So it was during the same time that the JLP employed some muscle. It was a group that engaged in voter intimidation, election fraud, and who literally waged a bloody battle for votes on the streets of Kingston. Now, a group or a gang in Jamaica is generally referred to as a posse. So this particular posse was branded with the slogan of the Jamaica Labor Party with which it sided, shower. So that's how this group became known as the shower posse. And the group apparently liked the name because they are still using it 50 years later. Now, it has taken on a new meaning today. As the posse says, they shower their supporters with good things and they shower their enemies with bullets. But it has a politically based origin. So this posse quickly evolved beyond just political crimes and by 1980 was organized into a formal crime syndicate. Lester Jim Brown Coke, along with Vivian Blake, are considered the co-founders of the formal Shower Posse. As the leaders of the Shower Posse, Lester Koch and Vivian Blake oversaw the distribution of huge amounts of cocaine, specifically crack, and marijuana throughout Jamaica and the United States and Canada. They also controlled much of Jamaica's gun trade. And this posse was very violent. They are blamed for more than a thousand murders during the late 80s and the early 90s. And this entire operation was run out of Tivoli Gardens. This is a neighborhood in West Kingston. Now, you have to contrast the fact that Lester Koch was running a violent drug cartel with the fact that he was also a family man who very much loved his community. In 1969, that year marked the birth of his third child, Christopher Michael Koch, who was born in Kingston, Jamaica. Christopher was the youngest of three kids of Lester and Patricia Koch. And although the area of Tivoli Gardens had a history of extreme poverty, Lester Koch never abandoned it. He was earning big money with the gang's profits, but he was also giving back. He developed himself as a community leader in Tivoli Gardens. He distributed money to the area's poor. He created employment for people who needed it. He was setting up community programs. And in doing so, he was gaining widespread support in the community, much akin to what Pablo Escobar had done to win over the citizens of Medellin in Colombia. The Koch family itself, of course, lived in luxury. Christopher and his siblings grew up amidst wealth. They attended elite private schools. And as he got older, Christopher was gradually being brought into his father's organization. Now, if you're familiar with Christopher Koch, you know that his nickname was Duddus. Now, most American journalists mispronounce Duddus. They say Dudas. But the name comes from Christopher's tendency to wear a particular African-style shirt that was made popular at the time by a Jamaican war hero and prominent government official Dudley Thompson. He dressed like Dud Lee, thus he was called Dud Us. Dud Us. Unfortunately, the Koch family also suffered from violence associated with the drug trade and their father's activities. 
both of Christopher's siblings were killed in drug-related violence, leaving him as basically the only heir to the throne. And things really began to unravel for Lester Koch in 1989, when a shower posse member turned DEA informant by the name of Charles Little Nut Miller testified in a U.S. court against other gang members and the shower posse activities. His testimony confirmed, if you believe him, a lot of information that had just been speculation up until that point. He stated that the shower posse was, in fact, the political enforcer for the Jamaica Labor Party. He said that the United States CIA turned a blind eye to their importation of drugs into the United States And he said the CIA provided the shower posse with arms, training, and even assisted them with stuffing ballot boxes and intimidating voters, all to ensure that the JLP remained in power in Jamaica. Now, the CIA, of course, they deny all this. However, during this time, the United States presidential interests were more aligned with the conservative Jamaica Labor Party than the Socialist People's National Party. So... Go figure. So shortly thereafter, the U.S. Department of Justice indicts Lester Koch and Vivian Blake on drug trafficking and murder charges. Jamaican authorities arrest them. Lester Koch was being held at a penitentiary in Kingston pending extradition to the United States when he was killed in a mysterious fire that somehow originated in his own jail cell. So with Blake behind bars and his father dead, Duddus, at the age of 23, became the leader of the shower posse and the de facto leader of Tivoli Gardens in West Kingston. And so it was in 1992 that Duddus officially took over the role as the Kingston Kingpin. So between 1992 and 2010, the shower posse solidified itself as the leading supplier of drugs and guns to the street gangs of the Bronx, New York, and Toronto, Canada, amongst others. And Duddus continued in his father's footsteps. He established himself as a community leader in Tivoli. He, too, distributed money to the area's poor. He created employment. He built community centers for the people of Tivoli as he gained widespread support in the community. So as the authorities and rival gangs continued to pick at the shower posse, Duddus basically built a fortified garrison to barricade the neighborhood so that nobody could enter without permission. Coke basically shut off Tivoli Gardens from outsiders. And most of the citizens from inside, they were fine with it. They loved and supported Duddus. Even the Jamaican police had to seek permission from his organization before they could enter the neighborhood, which Koch granted at first, but ultimately Tivoli became so heavily fortified and guarded that neither the military nor the Jamaican police could even enter. So the kingpin of Kingston had quite the empire for almost 20 years. Then things began to unravel for Duddus in 2009, when internationally several governments led by the United States had had their fill of Koch syndicate. In 2009, the United States first asked the Jamaican government for extradition of Koch on drug trafficking charges. 
Bruce Golding was the prime minister of Jamaica and the leader of the Jamaica Labor Party at that time, and he initially refused to extradite Koch. He claimed that the U.S. had used warrantless wiretapping to illegally gather evidence against Koch. But on May 17th of 2010, Golding relented amidst accusations that the government and the JLP were in effect sanctioning cartel activities. And so he reluctantly let the government issue a warrant for Koch's arrest. Following this news, Koch's supporters began protesting and arming themselves, and the streets of West Kingston became a war zone. The national government placed Kingston under a state of emergency after a series of shootings and firebombings within the city. On May 24th of 2010, a large-scale operation was launched in Kingston to arrest Koch. Military and police forces went in and conducted door-to-door searches in Tivoli. What followed was described by locals as a massacre, with suspected drug members drugged from their homes and killed in the streets in front of family and friends. When the smoke settled three days later, at least 73 people had been killed in clashes between Jamaican security forces and gunmen in West Kingston most of those from the neighborhood of Tivoli Gardens. But not Duddus. He was not found. So the authorities continued the intense manhunt, and on June 22nd of 2010, Koch was detained and arrested during a routine roadblock. He had attempted to disguise himself as a woman, wearing a woman's wig and a pair of sunglasses. However, these security forces obviously recognized him through this disguise. Now, Koch said he was actually on his way to the U.S. Embassy in Kingston to turn himself in. Yeah, sure he was, right? Dressed up like a woman? That seems a little odd, but maybe he was. His brother had surrendered to authorities in that way a month earlier. Regardless, once in custody and fearing for his safety, Koch voluntarily waived his right to an extradition trial so he could immediately be taken to the United States. Recall that uh, Koch's father had died back in 1992 in a mysterious prison fire awaiting extradition, and Koch did not want to suffer the same fate. In Jamaican authorities, they were happy to get rid of him because Koch was held under heavy guard and the police feared an attack by his supporters. His arrest had already provoked violence among supporters in West Kingston who had killed two officers and burned a police station to the ground. Koch said that his decision to surrender and face charges was based on a desire to end the drug-related violence in Jamaica, to which he'd lost a sister, a brother, and a father. He said, and the quote is, I believe this decision to be in the best interest of my family, the community of West Kingston, in particular, the people of Tivoli Gardens, and above all, Jamaica. On August 30th of 2011, Koch pled guilty in a U.S. district court in New York to racketeering and conspiracy to traffic large quantities of marijuana and cocaine into the United States. He also pled guilty to conspiracy to commit assault in the aid of racketeering. At sentencing, defense attorneys cited members of Koch's family and other supporters who portrayed him as benevolent and philanthropic and well-mannered. By contrast, the federal prosecutors presented documents depicting Koch as willing to commit brutal acts of violence 
to support his drug empire and implicating him in at least five murders. In one, he allegedly had dismembered a victim with a chainsaw for stealing drugs from him. Ultimately, Koch was sentenced to 23 years in prison. He is now being held at the Federal Correctional Institution in Fort Dix, New Jersey, with a release date of January 25th of 2030. Of note is that after Koch's arrest, Jamaica's murder rate dropped by a third, and the murder rate in Toronto dropped to a 25-year low. Is that a coincidence? Well, that's up for you guys to decide. Regardless, this shower posse continues in its exploits to this day. They still have a large presence in New York City as well as in Toronto, Canada, although their territories aren't exactly defined, as they've been known to squabble over the years with the Dog Posse and the Tel Aviv Posses from Boston, as well as the Junior Black Mafia from Philly. But boys will be boys, I suppose, when it comes to cartels. So that's the episode. I hope you have enjoyed it. We've talked about Jamaica's most notorious gang, the Shower Posse. You've learned about where they came from and where the name comes from. We've learned about Christopher Duddis Coke, the Kingston Kingpin, and the leader of the Shower Posse during the 90s and the 2000s. We've learned about the Tivoli Gardens Massacre, the manhunt for Coke, and his ultimate arrest and imprisonment. I hope you have enjoyed the episode. If you have, hit that like button for me. If you got a question, you got a comment, you got something to say, put it in the comment section below. Remember to subscribe to the channel if you haven't. And last but not least, I love it when you guys share me on social media. Thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing and growing the channel. My name is Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you've been watching Lawyer Up. Send lawyers, guns, and money. 